You're listening to The Other Side, a podcast designed to help people, regardless of their experience, figure out how to make that leap and thrive in the ever-changing and chaotic business world. I'm James Awana, a recent graduate who's trying to find his place in this crazy world. And I'm Renata Squario, a senior executive of 30 years, who's worked in some of Australia's largest organisations. And as my daughters grow up, I want this to be my legacy for them and the next generation. The world of work is changing and I want to help them and you thrive on the other side. Hello listeners and welcome back to the Other Side podcast. Thanks for coming back and joining us, episode two. We're super excited to continue to talk to you about some of the things that James and I have come across in our mentoring relationship that we think can help you guess through this series to to get that job. Uh, We know that that's what you're thinking about and we want to help you get there. So the last podcast, I started to talk about this concept of human skills. And quite frankly, these skills are what help people show up as the best version of themselves, ready to work with others and achieve great things. It's really as simple as that. They're not simple to attain. They're not simple to, to really get good at but they are the differentiator. And really, to be honest with you, my experience is that happiness and a sense of fulfilment and achievement tends to find people who are working on those human skills. So I know I'm going to use the word trust nice and early in our journey together, listeners, but trust me, I've seen this come to life and it does make a difference. So really, when we talk about human skills, there are, in my opinion, six key skills to job success and life success, really. I talk uh, quite a bit about those on the website, um, maxme.com.au, and I'll refer to that a couple of times where you'll find some really helpful resources uh, as you travel through this uh, time in your life and to try and get the job. But on there, we, we talk about the all six skills. But for me, the foundation skill, you know, the one where it's fundamental to kind of the rest is this skill around self-awareness. And I really want to assure you that the ability to know what you're good at and also what your weaker side is, what derails you, is really important to getting the job. And this episode, we're going to explore why. We're actually going to hear from an expert that focuses day in, day out on graduate recruitment at one of the companies I used to work for. Uh, Her name's Taryn, and you'll hear from her later in the episode. Uh, I'll take her through a series of questions, and she'll give you the answers to, to those questions and give you her perspective. So look out for that a little bit later on. But self-awareness is kind of that foundational skill, uh, listeners, and really for me it's important because when you're self-aware, what you become really good at is telling your story and talking about what you are good at, what you're not so good at, and it actually helps the person that you're talking to to better understand who you are. And that's pretty important uh, to to blitz the, the, the process that comes in trying to get a job interview and then also the job itself. I'd like to take a couple of minutes to explore a concept that we touched on lightly in the previous episode. It's this concept of being your own CEO. The other thing I want to also quickly uh, and in conjunction with that explore is buyer behaviour and what generally drives people or consumers to buy products. 
And uh, you might be thinking, what is she going on about? But yeah, give me a moment and we'll get there. The CEO's role in any company is to set the strategy and the vision, look after the employees and their well-being, and also to be the outward face of that company and particularly talk about the products and the services of that company in a really passionate way to be a really compelling storyteller about the products that that company is selling. If you think about you in the context of a process where you're going for a job and you're either doing a cover letter or a CV or you're going through an interview, you're trying to sell yourself to a potential future employer, you are the product and they are the buyer. And if you think about being your own CEO, what does it look like for you to be a passionate storyteller about yourself because you're the product that you're trying to sell? And if you think about it from the buyer's point of view, I was recently reading an article where, that really summarised for me in three key terms, buyer behaviour. And this article talked about consumers or buyers really being driven by one of three things when they purchase products. They're either driven because the product feels a need that they have, it's going to make them feel good, so they buy it on that basis, or it really and obviously solves a problem that they're having. So if you think about the person that is recruiting for the role, the person that might be reading your CV or interviewing you, they are the buyer, you are the product. And how do you sell yourself in a way that they can see immediately that they have to have you? You're a must-have product for them. What would that look like? What do you need to say? How do you need to sell yourself? I guess these are really, really important things for you to think about how you're going to prepare, either for writing a cover letter and CV or for an interview. What I think is also really important when you are selling yourself or selling the product to the future or potential buyer, I think it's really important to give that buyer a balanced view of the product. It's pointless to try and sell only your good points. I think what's really important is that you, of course, dwell mainly on those and what the buyer is going to get and how you're going to fill a need or you're going to make them feel good or you're going to solve a problem for them. But also to balance, very importantly, to balance some of the gotchas that might be coming with that product, the things that might still be a work in progress, you know, like all products, you have to iterate the product a few times to get it perfect. What are the things that you're working on? What are the gotchas of the, the features of the product? And how do you tell a story where the buyer feels that when they're making the purchase decision that they've got a really balanced view? So I, I just wanted to explore that. I know it's a concept. I know it's very conceptual and maybe it's a little bit out there, but I really wanted to give you a different perspective on this concept of being your own CEO, this concept of selling yourself through either the written format or the verbal interview type format. It's so important to think about the product that you are selling and how you're going to sell it really well so that the buyer can do nothing but purchase it and be really, really happy. What I love when I go through those interviews is when people can speak really, really openly, honestly, and actually confidently and positively around the things they're not so great at. And I know that sounds really ironic to most of you because we don't like to talk about or really be honest about the things that we're not good at and it's really vulnerable and you're going to put yourself out there. But 
I can tell you firsthand as someone who has run many interviews, when someone is able to tell me in a really positive, open, honest way around the things they're not so great at and then follow up with, okay, if I'm not so great at that, what am I doing about it? One, about awareness and then two, about sort of getting around it. I really like that in interviews and they are always the interviews that are the most memorable and to be honest, the candidates that normally either progress to the next stage of interview or get the job. So I'm telling you that, again, that word trust is going to come out here. Trust me when I say that is a differentiator. But also what differentiates candidates is also their ability to confidently talk about what they're good at. You know, culturally in Australia, it's quite often not really looked well upon to talk well about yourself. You know, I think the term that people use is, you know, having tickets on yourself or... Tall poppy syndrome. Tall poppy syndrome. Thanks, James. Um, I know that that goes against the cultural grain of Australia, but I can tell you that when someone is humbly talking to me about what they're good at and how they've used that goodness in, you know, tangible examples of getting outcomes or, you know, doing things for customers or for other people, I really like to hear about that. So we will absolutely explore how to do that and how to be really confident through this podcast series. Well, so, look, the first tenant, I think, of any self-awareness, again, that, that critical foundational human skill is to take the time to get to know your strengths and your weaknesses. There are lots and lots of good reasons why focusing on your strengths is really critical to success. I'm not going to go into these here because actually it takes longer than a podcast will allow. What I do want to offer you guys though is get on the website maxme.com.au. There's lots of great information out there on why strengths are important. It's well researched. There's lots of studies. It's not just the world according to Renata. But, you know, I don't really want to spend the time today on all of that. I do think it's important for you to convince yourself around that. A lot of people do take convincing. Ironic again, but they do. I've mentored and coached lots of people and I've had to spend lots of time telling them why it's important for them to focus on their strengths, not their weaknesses. But you'll find all that information on uh, on maxme.com.au. What I do want to draw out here in this podcast episode around the theme of strengths and weaknesses is being able to know what your strengths and weaknesses are and then learning how to communicate that to others so that you can really become punchy and impactful and learn to tell your story uh, through things like your cover letter, your CV and interviews. You can only really do that very well if you first learn the self-awareness step around what you're good at and what you're not good at and then learn really quickly how to tell the story around that. And let me give you some statistics now. 64% of people, when someone shares a positive new story or a or story around excellence with people, 64% of people respond with a sense of happiness. That's actually in a study that I've recently been reading and that's pretty compelling. So 64% of people will feel happier when you share a positive news story or a story of excellence with them. And that's because positive emotions are contagious. So if you think about in an interview process or when I'm reading through resume after resume after resume, because I will respond positively to a positive story, when I'm reading or hearing about something from someone, i.e. remember you're selling the product of yourself to a potential buyer, me, 
when I'm hearing a positive story or a really uplifting story around things like strengths or where a weakness and awareness on a weakness is being used for good, I will feel good about it. And then I'm going to more likely make a positive decision in your direction. So remember that statistic. If you can tell a really good story in a punchy, impactful way about yourself, it will get you the success you're after. But I think what's really important for us to sort of pause and acknowledge is it's not easy to do that. And again, culturally, it's probably not within the way we've been raised or the things that we've seen around us. So just know that, sit with that and, uh, and think about that as we navigate through. Well, I think it's important, James, for the viewers or the listeners, I should say, to hear from you. It's been a bit of a ren, ren, ren talking. I've said three words so far. You have. They've been very helpful words though. Uh, But, you know, James, I think it's important to hear from you around back to our mentoring uh, journey so far. I think one of the first things I asked you to do, James, is to to stop and and kind of go and learn about your strengths. I I suggested to you to get online and do the VIA Character Strength Survey. It's a free survey from a not-for-profit organisation. It's a global organisation and you took the time to do that. Just uh, can you share with us just a, a, you know, a bit about your experience and maybe your first initial uh, response to me asking you to do that? I consider myself a pretty self-aware person in the first instance but being able to have a further way to to become even more self-aware, to have specific professional words to, to term in, to use in an interview was really helpful. Um, so I guess I was a bit, not sceptical, but I thought I was pretty self-aware in the first place. But uh, upon doing it, it it's, it's, it's really handy to have specific words to, to make you think about certain terms. You're like, okay, that, that is me, or why is that in the bot- bottom five? Well, actually, now that I think about it, that actually makes sense. Um, so that, it was really helpful in that regard. Uh, my top few, or my top one was honesty. Which really resonated with you, didn't it? Like when we debriefed it, you said, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Second one was humour, which also makes a lot of sense. And I think the third one was fairness or perspective or something along those lines. Um, which also resonates with me as well. Like, I type of person that would just walk in cricket, as opposed to waiting for the umpire to give me out. Like, if I know I'm out, um, so that's honesty and fairness, I guess, right there. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it was really nice to to have words to put to things that I am maybe subconsciously aware of, and and. And a way for me to talk about it in an interview, I can say, well, actually, I've done X survey, these are the results, and I actually agree with them. You know, honesty is a strength of mine. Obviously, I'm still working on making sure that I'm honest in the right capacity, but it is it is a strength of mine. And conversely, weaknesses, it gave me my bottom five. Not necessarily weaknesses, but uh, things that aren't automatic or aren't, uh, I think we use the terminology lit up. They're not lit up for the majority of the time when you're being yourself. Yeah, and and the bottom few for that were, well, the bottom one was actually leadership, which I was a bit perplexed at seeing that. But it actually made a lot of sense that I don't 
really go out of my way to be a leader. Not that I have don't have the skills or the desire. I suppose I don't really have the desire, but it's more situational, contextual. I'll like step, if you needed to be a leader, you I'll could step, be. I'll step up if I need to be, but it's not something I specifically want to achieve in life to be a leader. Uh, so, yeah, I, I assess the situation. If if it calls for it, I'll step up. But if not, then it doesn't bother me to just be a team player or I, I often like prefer to lead by example, to work hard and, and that's my form of leadership. And if, if I need to do any more, then great, I'll, I'll, I'll see to it. But that's the extent of my aspirations for leadership is working by example. If the listeners could see me right now, you would see my beaming smile. It makes me so proud that through the context of, of the work that James and I have done together that he's so confidently talking about himself and using words that he can then tell a story with. And I just want to reiterate how critical it is when you navigate the process of getting a job for you to be able to stand out and be able to talk about yourself, the product of yourself, the features, the benefits, and then the potential gotchas, it is so helpful and compelling to the person that's doing the recruitment. I'm just so proud that James is in that space right now. Thanks for embarrassing me. <laughs> Sorry, James. Um, do you want me to continue? Yeah, so I, look, I think just I wanted to pause there and say for those that are interested in a kind of in, uh, excited about what James and I've just shared, you will find a, a, a guided um, experience on maxme.com.au around taking the strength survey and then being able to understand based on what strengths come back for you your top five and your bottom five, uh, what what can you do with that? How do you understand that? How do you start reflecting on that? So we've taken the time to, to give you that guided experience uh, online. Again, it, it's a more, uh, you know, kind of complex or more more um, uh, involved process than, than a 20-minute podcast will allow. So, so we've done that for you online to, for you to do in your own time. But I do want to just pause what you, what you started to take us through James, is what you did next with your strengths after we had an initial conversation on it and you understood the language a bit more, you then started to pull together what, you've, what we've called or termed the elevator pitch. You know, what is the kind of, when you're asked a question around what you're good at, what you're not good at, how would you answer? And the elevator pitch is called that, for those that have not come across the term, is if you're in an elevator with someone and you have one to two floors to tell your story, what would you say about yourself that would leave the listener or the person you're talking to with a really strong sense of who you are and what you're interested in, etc. So James started to work on that. And, and James, do you want to give us a, a couple of, I guess, insights on that? Sure. Um, I don't necessarily have like a speech prepared, but I have four points that I, I want to convey in that pitch. So the, f the first is love of learning. I believe that I have a very curious mind, like I, which is probably why I ended up doing journalism um, in, in my postgrad, amongst many other reasons. But and it's it, in your top five, right, James? Uh, it's in my P6 or something. Yep. It, it's definitely up there. Um, but, yeah, just really curious about a lot of different things, weird and wonderful things. Um, secondly, as I mentioned earlier, honesty. Um, that's something that I am quite proud of because uh, there's not a lot of honesty going around in this world, unfortunately. Uh, thirdly, going through life with, with a laugh. Um, I don't know, if you take yourself too seriously... 
can miss out on having a good time. Uh, and I also really enjoy making other people laugh and making other people feel comfortable and just enjoying working with me or hanging out with me, just whatever it takes for them to 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 enjoy work or, I don't know, golf or whatever it is that, that we're doing. And lastly, uh, it's really important that they understand that I value my work ethic really highly, similar to you, or the same as you, I come from a background of immigrant parents and even though I've had the break and maybe my dad isn't overly happy with having uh, with that even though he is very supportive the work ethic comes uh, from that and and I'd really want them to understand that that's really important to me what what I think uh, is important for our listeners to to um, know is that we'll actually use what you've just described and share in a mock interview type scenario in episode five uh, the how you've crafted an elevator pitch based on those four or five things you've just shared with our listeners. So please look forward to hearing how you can craft an elevator pitch based on a knowledge of your strengths and also your weaknesses or derailers. We'll share that with you in episode five. The thing that I think is very important, and James, you really alluded to that, I think, in episode one, where you said that you're really sharpening and feeling a lot more confident, particularly in the last month or two, starting to fall into place for you and you're starting to feel good about the application process, more confident about what you bring, more confident about being able to talk about that. I think James, I don't want to speak for you, but some of the reflection that you've done with me, you know, um, offline is it's been a lot of practice, a lot of putting yourself out there, practice, practice, practice. And you only really get better through taking action. Theory is not enough. You can spend the time thinking about it, but it's not until you start talking about yourself and you start talking about yourself to others and practice in front of the mirror with friends, with recruiters, and then you start to get the feedback and you're open to the feedback and then you... You listen to that and you go, okay, well, what am I going to do differently next time? And then you tweak and then you practice again and then you put yourself out there. And it's, it is, it's a, I guess, what I would call a virtuous cycle. And the only way to really get better at it and start nailing your own pitch, your sales pitch on yourself, i.e. the product, you can only really do that by, you know, doing that over and over again. But keen to hear your thoughts, James. Yeah, well... Similar to the title of this episode, I think the most important part is really understanding yourself. Uh, I thought, I was, as I said, I thought I was fairly self-aware prior to starting this journey, but I've taken that to a whole new level and a whole new professional level as well. So that means when a curveball comes in an interview or if I kind of have to formulate an answer on the go or do an elevator pitch on the go it's less BS or bullcrap and more... Truly who you honesty. are, right? Yeah, yeah it's who you are. You're not, you're not making it up. You're just talking about yourself because you understand yourself. And it, it allows for authenticity as well. And the person will hopefully really understand that that's you. That's you to a T. And so I think the more self-aware you are, the easier it is to talk about yourself, your strengths, your weaknesses, what you bring to the table, your experience from past jobs, because you understand more. It, it, it's you at the end of the day, and only you can tell the story of you. 
Yeah, and look, I, I will say as again as someone who's done lots of interviews, it's really, really easy to tell when somebody's making something up. And it's far better to be ready to tell your true story than to make it up and try and be somebody else. You know, you are unique. You've got your unique set of skills, your unique set of strengths or superpowers as I like to call them. And it's really important to be authentic about that because people can see through when you're not being authentic. The better recruiters definitely know it. That might be a good segue, James, to hand over to our expert, Taryn, and to hear from her around her experiences having many years with graduates, bringing graduates into companies and then really supporting them through graduate rotations. Uh, For those that don't know, in graduate programs, typically you'll come in and you'll get allocated to certain areas and that's called a rotation. And you'll be allocated to leaders and you'll be put through quite often a structured program uh, to get best experiences to you and and really accelerate your uh, competency and your ability to be the best version of yourself and therefore to really contribute to the company. And Taryn does that day in, day out. So she's got a huge uh, amount of perspective and insight around new starters. So without further ado, let me hand over to to the wise Taryn to hear more from her. Well, hello, listeners. As promised, we have the lovely Taryn with us. And Taryn is in graduate recruitment and learning and development at a fairly large financial services organisation in Australia. And Taryn spends a lot of her time dealing with and shaping programs for graduates and new starters and also really helping to set them up for success. And I was really wanting to get Taryn along to share her experiences with you and give you some tips and tricks on things to think about as it pertains to our episode on one, self-awareness, and then the broader context of getting that job that you really want. So Taryn, we might open with a question, a getting to know you question. If you could just, yeah, give us a little bit about yourself and what you're passionate about. Awesome. Thanks, Ren, and hello, listeners. Um, So I've been working in the graduate space, as you said, for about uh, three years. Uh, Super passionate about uh, learning and development and really working with people to achieve growth and, and, you know, better themselves, not just in a professional sense, but also personal. I think that's where I get the most enjoyment out of my role. Thanks, Taryn. That was the ever-bubbly Taryn coming through, that's for sure. So, Taryn, as we think about self-awareness, and we've been talking to the listeners around the criticality of starting with yourself, what you're good at, being aware of yourself, to then be able to build to selling yourself through a job process or a, or a kind of process where you're, you're looking for, to find that, that job that you want. Do you agree that self-awareness is the foundational piece for anyone looking to be as effective as they can be at work and in life? And particularly you know, as they think about, you know, how do I realise my full potential? How do I find happiness at work, etc.? Could you just share some of your thoughts on that with us, please? Yeah, I think it is critical. Um, and to your point, not just in work, but in life as well. And it, it sounds super easy and super simple, and it kind of is, but it starts with yourself and actually knowing yourself. So knowing what's important to you, knowing what you value, but also how others see you and how you come across. Um, it's so important, especially as you start to think of your brand and and what does make you happy. If you can really, I guess, tap into that and and get really clear on what's important to you, it's almost going to be like your compass that guides you in your career, into that role, and it's going to help you stay, I guess, um, true to yourself, for lack of a better phrase, yeah. 
And I, I think also, Taryn, as you think about the interview process and people participating, you know, answering yeah. questions when asked, you know, about themselves and why they come to a company, do you think it's important that self-awareness and being able to talk about yourself in that way, is that important mm. to securing the job? Yeah, I would say uh, 100%. Hot tip, never tell an interviewer what you think they want to hear. Just be authentic. And when I say authentic, I don't mean, you know, um, be rude or, you know, be too honest. It's it's about kind of talking about what stood out to you in line with what's important to you. So if it was the culture and you really, it seemed like a fun energy and that's what you're looking for, then say it. That's There's nothing wrong with that. But just... Speak from your heart, not just from your mind, and make sure it's it's true to who you are as an individual, I guess. Because it's almost no point ending up in an organisation where you can't be yourself, is it, Taryn? Because it's pretty exhausting to turn up to work and be somebody else because you think that's what that company wants you to be. So it's really important to know who you are, know what's important to you, and then almost find that match for yourself in a job and in a company. Would you agree? 100%. 100% agree find somewhere and look for somewhere where you feel you can bring your whole self to work and and you'll belong there essentially and it won't be work that's definitely something I'll guarantee is if you find somewhere that you feel you can be your true self um, that they value you for who you are and that's definitely somewhere where self-awareness comes in as well it, it won't feel like work at all so this is a bit of a tougher question, Taryn, requires you to share a couple of examples if possible. So if you were to think about the good, bad and ugly around people that you've dealt with, particularly new starters and graduates, and, you know, could you share some examples of your memories around people that have really stood out for you over the last few years in terms of their self-awareness and how they've come across and why have they stood out for you? We'd love some good and some bad if possible. Well, it's probably always easier to think of the bad first. <laughs> um, I know I've worked with um, some potential graduates who have come through our recruitment processes and they've just obviously been told, you know, always speak your mind, but they've taken it almost to the extreme and this is where self-awareness comes in is they haven't actually taken the time to consider other people's thought processes and factored it in. And especially if you're going through a group assessment process, a bit of group work at uni, if you don't stop and think about, okay, um, I know this is what I think is true, but am I actually inviting other people's perspectives to try and balance that out rather than driving my own agenda is a massive, massive difference of when you are coming across as self-aware or whether you're coming across as arrogant, I guess. Um, so that's one of the things we constantly see in group assessments. Um, the other thing that I think plays out in corporate world, not just with grads as well, is if you are self-aware, or sorry, I'll start with not self-aware, um, the biggest thing that will be a show is when you have people that just come up to you with something urgent in their mind without considering your own time. I think that's where a, really, a real lack of self-awareness comes through. And on the flip side, um, high self-awareness, we have some great leaders that I work with that are patient, they're kind, um, but they're also real. Um, they'll, they'll tell you like it is obviously respecting how you're responding to it and I guess to quote Brene Brown, to be clear is to be kind, essentially. And I think self-awareness plays a massive role in those, especially when it comes to, to feedback and leadership and all of those great things. So 
it doesn't have to be a simulator, but self-awareness is done well when it's when it's clear and respectful. And I'm almost picking up from you, particularly with this whole concept of the changing world of work and a lot more collaboration and teamwork. That's self-awareness. Forget about just using it to get the job. It's actually once you've got the job, to be successful and work in teams, you need to have a high degree of self-awareness. Yeah. And I, I was listening to a, watching a video the other day and this great um, way to break down what collaboration is. It's a massive buzzword at the moment, but it's simply listening to what others have to say and inviting them into the conversation. And that, you can't collaborate unless you're self-aware because you're just going to be going on your own train, on your own journey, and you're not going to be bringing anyone along with you. So think of those group projects where you, you feel like you're the only person doing all the work. Um, it's probably because you haven't stopped to think about how am I inviting others in to the conversation to help us work better together, essentially. That's really good advice, Sharon. That's perfect. All right. Well, you know, as we look to conclude this piece, if you could just share with us maybe, you know, a key call to action. We've talked to our listeners around taking the time to understand their strengths, their derailers, get familiar with the language, work on that. And we do offer a number of ways to do that on the maxme.com.au website. But if you were to give us a call to action, you know, what, what would you think our listeners really, the, the kind of top two things that they could do differently tomorrow in terms of their journey to develop their self-awareness for this context of being successful in life and at work? Okay, so number one, I would say, is get clear on what you're good at, so your strengths and what you actually enjoy doing. Um, they're so important in terms of how you're framing up your brand and, and what you want to achieve in work and in life. And secondly, I would say um, be true to yourself. So know what you value just in, in your personal life and in your professional life. And thirdly, I would say listen. It's a cliche, but you've got two ears and one mouth. So make sure you're taking the time to be patient, include others in the conversation and then and respect what they're saying and factor that into your decision-making and your direction essentially as you navigate your career and um, personal life as well. Well, that just about concludes episode two. And what an amazing episode it's been so far, filled with just so many gold nuggets in there. But, you know, before we sign off for episode two, we'd like to leave you with a little summary of the things we covered in this episode. Because we know that there's a lot of information in there and you can get lost in it all. So here goes. Self-awareness is one of the fundamental skills required to selling yourself because remember, you are your own CEO and you need to sell yourself to get that job. And it's up to you to know, to understand yourself wholly and give an honest account of yourself. you got to understand your features and also your gotchas and be able to accurately and succinctly talk about them in interviews. And honestly talk about them. Once you understand yourself really intimately, your strengths and your weaknesses, you become better equipped to accurately tell your story. And remember, the employment process rests upon candidates' ability to tell their stories. And when you tell that stories, when you tell those stories, positive emotions are contagious. So... Be positive about yourself and your story, especially in interviews and CVs because that can have a lasting impact in your job hunt. 
Taryn told us some really great pieces of advice. Practice, practice and more practice because that's the best way to get good at telling your story. She also told us that the best interviews are the ones where the interviewee is authentic and the only way you can truly come across as authentic is by understanding yourself and your internal compass. So with that, we'd like to leave it there for episode two. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Thank you to Taryn to come, for coming on to this episode. And we really hope that you got a lot out of it and that you'll join us for episode three, maybe even the rest of the series. And we'll hopefully catch you in episode three. Bye.